0: All things being equal, people do business with and refer people they know, like, and trust. That's the ROI of relationships, and that's what I'm going to talk about with Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver, on this week's edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jansen. My guest today is Bob Berg. He is the author of Endless Referrals and The Go-Giver, a book that he co-wrote with John David Mann. And we're going to talk about referrals. We're going to talk about word of mouth. We're going to talk about influence. We're going to talk about selling. So pretty much we're going to be all over the map. Uh, Bob, thanks for joining me.
1: John, always great to be with you.
0: So um, I mentioned that uh, your book, "The Go Giver," and and I know that a lot of people. In fact, I think I had you on when that book uh, w- was newly minted. Um, I think so, but, uh, but it probably still uh, bears repeating. Just the the w- w- what's a go giver exactly? What's the what's the concept behind that uh, phrase?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a business parable. It's uh, uh, about a, a guy named Joe. He's the protagonist, and Joe is sort of a a young, aggressive, up-and-coming uh, a, a salesperson with a lot of potential and a, and a good guy, well-meaning guy, but he's he's not uh, nearly as successful as he believes he should be right now. And and like in so many uh, parables, he meets a mentor, a few other mentors, and and he really learns a, a very basic lesson uh, about about sales and about free enterprise itself, and that is that shifting. Shifting one's focus from getting to giving, and in, in, in this context, when we say giving, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And doing that is not only a, a nice way to live life, but a very financially profitable way as well. In a you know in a free market based Uh, system uh, where no one is forced to buy from you. They're only going to buy from you. They're only going to do business with you. They're only going to refer you to others when they feel that they are receiving great value uh, in exchange for what they're paying.
0: Well, I think to some extent that's become even more true because, uh, you know, we've invented all these ways to keep people that want to sell us stuff out of our lives um, mm-hmm. in, in a way, all, these, all this technology. And, and so I think that the people we are inviting into our lives uh, more so than ever have to deliver value.
1: Exactly. And the only way we can really deliver value, John, is to focus on that other person. And, you know, that's why we say money is simply an echo of value it's the thunder to values lightning which means nothing more than that the value must come first and the money is is simply a a very direct and very natural result Of the value you've provided and creating relationships and of course in your books and in your teaching you you teach show us how to do that uh terrifically that's really the key that that when it comes right down to it all things being equal or even close to equal people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like and trust and really, as a salesperson, as a marketer, what have you, your job is really to to establish, develop, cultivate relationships with people to the point that people do feel good about you. They know you like you, trust you. They want to see you succeed. They want to be a part of your life. And as you as you do that and you build those kind of relationships, wow, you've created a, a, a what we call a benevolent context for your success.
0: Well, I, and I think the challenge that a lot of people have sometimes is, is that's not necessarily a short term term game, right? I mean that's you you put in the 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 work, you know, the we can use all of the the metaphors you want, you know, you gotta plant the seed and then water it and do it, you know, you do a lot of things that take some time um before you're going to bear that that fruit of trust. And and I think that's probably the stumbling block, isn't it?
1: I think it is for a lot of people in in their thought process, and here's why: because they will say, and it's a great point, uh, because they'll say, "Well, gosh, doesn't that take a while?" Well, first of all, yes and no. To build any relationship takes a while, you know takes a while, but at the same time, even when you are, uh, you know, would it would it be uh, more advantageous for a salesperson to not build a relationship to just try to. Uh, you know, cold call. Uh, uh, and, and there's a time and place for that too, <laughs> and so forth. But but even when you're doing that, your focus still needs to be on that other person, and you need to focus. You need to be able to really build a very quick trust with that person. If if it's going to be a one call type of close, but you know it, it, that's not depending upon what you sell. Of course, that's not as likely to happen. So when people say, "Well, doesn't relationship building take a while?" Well, it does, but it takes a lot less time than just trying to, you know, sell someone right away who's not ready for it
0: Uh-oh. and
1: who you know and, and who's who's just you know not going to do business with you ever. And yet, and sometimes when the time's right, when the timing's right it happens very quickly. So but but I think the key is when, when our focus is on the other person, on on their wants, their needs, their desire, that's what that's what keeps us in the right direction.
0: Yeah, isn't that really just the secret to success in life in general? Isn't it? I mean, relationships, yeah. everything is. Is if you know, if we if we can understand that other person, we can focus on on what uh, they need. Uh, yeah. you know, it's just going to make life easier. Um, how has, in your opinion, uh, the advent of social media and all these? tools that theoretically allow us to build relationships larger, faster, broader, you know, all of the online things. Do you, do you see that as, um, as benefiting the go-giver, or is that a challenge?
1: No, it's terrific, uh, as long as we remember that they are merely tools. Uh, you know, uh, when, we say, when we realize that all things being equal, people do not do business with and refer business to computers. Right. <laughs> but to the person in front of them, and the neat thing about social media, as you allude to, John, is that it does give us that chance to reach people quicker uh, than, and if at all, then than we would have anyway. I mean, there's people we can we can meet and, and reach on social media, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Google Plus, what have you, uh, that that we would never have the opportunity to meet, at least not that quickly. There'd be so many. Uh, buffers in between in order to, you know, to create these relationships that that get the introduction to the introduction to the person, we're able to do it so much faster and, and more effectively through social media as long as we realize that the big question is still how do I provide value to that person?
0: Yeah, I've said, I mean, you, you've you been doing this a long time, just like me. And, you know, we we used to go to Chamber of Commerce meetings and we'd cha- exchange business cards with people there. And the hope would be that we'd get back to them or send them some information or something. And And, and now I see people still doing that. Uh, practice because it's a, it can be a very valuable practice, particularly for local businesses. But now I see them then connecting on LinkedIn and connecting in Twitter and and building relationships again, still based on that value exchange, but but much quicker because they're able to. You know, I'm able to see that you went to USC and that you're going to the football game this right. week and you're doing this, and it just kind of really speeds the normal process of relationship building up, or at least it can.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and you had something. I think this was the referral engine. I'm not sure that you you had talked about when you want to bring value to someone just by showing you care about them. You know, do some research and find out what uh, what college they went to, what university they went to, and if you see if you see something uh, about that college, you know, send them a link to it, or it could be a you know a, a, you could clip it out and send it send it to them. But however you want to do it is. Uh, I think your your point is, is so well made that it's so much easier to know what interests someone and provide value in that form so yeah. yeah sure absolutely
0: my first sales trainer was my dad and uh, i remember one of his pieces of advice was he would go in and sit down if he was meeting with a new prospect in their office and he would instantly scan the office look for mm-hmm. diploma look for the picture of the kids you know look for right. kind of cues to make connection and i think that that's that's replicated really uh, beautifully in the in the virtual world
1: yeah it's actually yeah it's easier to yeah, do it I yeah. mean you can take the time you want to do it you can re- yeah I, I agree now you know another thing that that I think that the
0: use of social media the proper use of of any of these online tools and I see you do it very wonderfully. I mean you talk about giving and 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 being a connector and and reaching out and helping people and I I see you do that uh on Twitter. And and I mean it's it's you know and and the opposite is true. You see people that talk about things like that and then you see them in sort of in real life on Twitter. And they it doesn't mirror what they're what they're telling people to do. And I think that I think there's some really great social proof that you you know you, you're not just talking. I mean, you you have the ability to serve customers, to make things right, to do connecting. And I think that that idea that people can actually publicly see that uh, I think has some real value when it's done in an authentic way.
1: Yeah, I I think you're and, and thank you by the way for the compliment. And I, I think you're right that on social media, rather than It kind of hiding the real person, which I think at first, when it first started to get big, that was one of the concerns, that you wouldn't really get to know the person. But, you know, the the more I've seen it, the more you kind of really do get to see the true colors of someone. You get to see is there congruency or is there a lack of such as you were just talking about. So it, it really is a, you know, it's really a fantastic thing when you think of it. There's so much more to it than meets the eye.
0: Yeah, you, you almost wonder sometimes if people forget that people can actually see that stuff they're posting, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say is probably been the biggest change to the 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 world of sales and and selling? I think we were off air talking about all of these Ways that we have to block, you know, TiVo and do not call lists and mm-hmm. spam filters. I mean, what, what, in? I mean, so obviously the, the world of selling has changed dramatically because it's difficult to get in and to get messages across. What, what would you say has been uh, the, the biggest challenge for the traditional kind of salesperson to have to adapt to?
1: You know, I, I think, and, and I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, I'd be interested in knowing your thoughts on it. It almost seems like there's more of a, a bottom-up reputation management. If, if there's even, such, you know, well, I guess there is reputation management because you do try to manage it, but it's tougher to do that now. Uh, there's a lot, it, it's just a lot more community-based now. Uh, how, how many times have we seen, uh, and in uh, uh, our friend Scott, um, Oh, gosh, unmarketing. Oh, Scott Stratton, Stratton. Stratton, right. In his last book, it was a great book. It was that two-in-one book, uh, yeah. the book of marketing awesome and the marketing unawesome. And he gave so many great examples in there of companies who did it right and companies who did it wrong. But in both cases, their reputations, good or bad, were driven by the general population, not by their marketing people. And and I think that's it's both a challenge and a blessing in a sense because if you're doing the right things – consistently, uh, you're going to have the, you know, you're going to have people really doing your marketing for you in a sense, doing your selling. On the other hand, if you do the wrong thing or make a mistake that you don't handle well, and we've certainly seen that by some companies that we haven't expected that from, uh, that can really, it just takes off like wildfire. And unfortunately, you know how it is, uh, John, the the negative kind of spreads a lot faster than the positive.
0: Yeah, it does seem to be uh, uh, the case. Um, I... I certainly write about referrals. I get asked about referrals all the time, as I as I know you do. Uh, would you say, uh, other than again, what the laws that you talk about in the GoGiver, uh, other than practicing those laws, and and I think probably organically receiving referrals then because of it, are there some some things that you've seen that that I don't know what we would call superstar salespeople you know tend to do that that maybe others don't that that lead. Naturally lead to more referrals well i I do think they have a plan
1: uh, I, I think they're they're great at planting referral what I call planting referral seeds, and that is you know even within the conversations um, it's to uh, you know, allude to referrals and introductions as being a natural part of of what you do, so that by the time the uh, either presentation is is completed or a, a, another time you just happen to be contacting that person, you can you can ask for referrals and get the buy-in for such in a way that seems a lot more natural. One of the things I, I love to do is is utilize what I call the referral bridge, which is simply a um, a, a way of. Uh, you know, with, without stress or defensiveness, both for the, the person asking and for the potential referral source, just sort of creating a a, a bridge, a safe way to go from one safe piece of land to an, from one piece of land to another, and that's simply you know to say I'm in the process of expanding my referral business, and I find it's helpful to partner with my friends such as you. Can we take a few quick minutes and run past the names of some people I might be able to help? And you know when you do this, and you do it with posture, and you do it in such a way that you uh, feel good about what you're doing, uh, and a lot of that has to do with, with authentically uh, taking pleasure in what you're doing and knowing that you're providing great value to another person, it increases the chance that that person's going to buy into that idea. And then, excuse me, you and I have both, of course, taught the ways to ask for referrals that are more effective as opposed to the ones that aren't. When we say to somebody, you know, do you know anybody who or who do you know? Well, usually the person can't think of anyone, and they say something like, well, I can't think of anybody right now, but when I do, I'll let you know. And, and of course, that's really probably never going to happen because out of sight, out of mind. But when we instead utilize the great advice of Tom Hopkins, I remember first reading about this in his book, How to Master the Art of Selling, 30 years ago, where he talks about uh, helping people, uh, you know, funneling down people's world into small groups of people they can easily picture in their mind's eye. It's asking Gary, who you know is a golfer, uh, who he usually plays with. And he says, well, I, I, every Sunday I play with Harry Brown, uh, Michael Cloud, and Dr. Mary Rourke. So now he is just pictured in his mind three people he can tangibly see those those people as opposed to when you ask is there anyone or who do you know well his entire 250 person sphere of influence goes past his head and he cannot identify any one of them so so you know maybe harry or maybe michael or maybe mary might be a good prospect maybe not you now ask uh you know you know he's on the board of directors of his local office product associate and and you ask them you know, who, uh, how many people serve on the board and there are, you know, four people along with him. Well, four is a good number. So you ask them to picture those people. I, and, uh, you know, which of them, and you might say, if any, and I like to use those terms, I call them the out or the back door. It's a way of letting this person know there's no pressure on them so they can feel very comfortable. And, you know, I call it the rule of the, the the law of the out or back door which simply says the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take the less they feel the need to take it and so you might say you know which of them if any do you feel might be a good you know person for me to speak with or or what have you so you know there's all sorts of ways we can we can do it and i think that the person who is is really great at, at receiving these referrals, they go in with that game plan. They don't leave it to the chance. They know what they're going to do, what they're going to say, what they're going to ask, and how they're going to do it before they go in. They don't leave it to chance. <laughs> you
0: you mentioned a word very early on in that um, a- answer that I want to return to, uh, the word posture. Um, I, I know in, in the countless people that I've spoken with, there, there seems to be almost an epidemic of people that... Feel like it's begging or they're very unsure about asking and and I really find that a lot of that leads to they may not admit this But I think a lot of that leads to maybe an unsureness of how much value they actually deliver
1: Oh, I I agree with you and that's when they and, and it's also John how they define selling see in their mind's eye if they don't feel that selling is a righteous thing that is truly bringing great value both to their customers and the people their customers refer they're going to have a there's a disconnect there they're going to have a very difficult time asking with confidence with posture because they don't believe they're doing something well that's why you know we always say the word sell uh, and John David Mann and I talk about this in the Go Giver series the word sell comes from the old English root solan which meant to give so selling is literally giving. Now, a person might say, "Well, wait a second, isn't that kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, 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 just you know, play on words? Isn't that semantics?" And I would say, "Well, I don't know. Well, think about it. When you're in the process of selling, what are you giving to your prospect? You're giving time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and of course, in the end, you're giving great value." So when you see selling as giving value to another person through your product or service, you feel good about it. And when you do, you've got this posture. What is posture? Really? it's, in a sense, it's you know when you care, but not that much. <laughs> in other <laughs> words, you know, you prefer the person to be interested, but you're not emotionally attached to the outcome, and that's because you realize that what you have is so good that, you know, you realize it as, as one of my old mentors, Bill Gove, what used to say, you're responsible to them, you're not responsible for them.
0: Well, and you know, this is a perfect lead into to kind of the, the question I was going to wrap up with today. Um, I, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, I had Dan Pink on the show and mm. uh, has a great, uh, great new book out on uh, uh, the, really the premise being that that you know, we all sell um, and that, yeah. uh, you know, just because somebody calls, you know, their job is a salesperson that, you know, we really all sell. And and I think that he, um, he even uh, profiles some companies that that are fairly large in size that don't have what they would traditionally call salespeople because they believe that. Everybody in the organization uh, does, you know, whether it's customer service or it's, it's finance or, you know, every division, any, mm-hmm. anybody who has mm-hmm. a contact needs to be able to, to educate and to give and to exchange value. And I, th- I think that yes. that's a growing perspective.
1: Yeah, oh, I think it's terrific. I can't wait to read that book. I've already been hearing such great things about it. Uh, and, yeah, and I think that's a wonderful perspective to have. And when you see selling as being something righteous, it's a lot easier to feel good about it. It's a lot easier to, to bring value to another person and to, again, uh, ask people for referrals because you know you're serving those people and the people they're referring you to.
0: As I recall, Bob, your web, website at berg.com, b. G.com. Mm-hmm. Um, not only do you have lots of great information about the books, but you, people can get some resources and some chapters of both the uh, go giver and, and endless referrals. Is yes. that, did I explain that fully or is there, yeah, is I, it,
1: I did a great job. <laughs> we, we invite them to stop by and, and uh, hang out for a while. Well, great. Well, Bob, this has been
0: great. I appreciate you taking the time today and some really, really great nuggets of information. Um, talking with Bob Berg, the Author of *Endless Referrals* and *The Go Giver*, and it uh, seems like there was another *Go Giver* book, right? *Go Giver Sell More*.
1: Yeah, *Go yeah. Giver Sell More* yeah. was sort of the uh, fo- the follow up to yeah. *The Go Giver*. Yeah, exactly. Great.
0: All right. Well, we'll see you out there on the road, Bob. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me.